0: The Atlanta Braves were unable to overcome an early deficit as Jake Odorizzi had another poor performance, and they come up short trying to secure this series and get a win over Max Scherzer and the New York Mets. They'll have another opportunity to do that on Thursday as Max Freed returns to the mound and we will take on Jacob DeGrom in what should be a very entertaining pitching matchup. We'll talk about all of that on today's episode of Lockdown Braves, so let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I'm your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Check out my bio there to see where I am covering the game of baseball, including the Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube as well. Hit that thumbs up button and that notification bell. Help support out the show a ton. And thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. You can also get the postcast episodes on Lockdown Braves podcast as well as over on the Lockdown Atlanta YouTube page. Today we're break down Wednesday's game, a loss uh, to the New York Mets, a tough one. The Braves had a valiant comeback effort late, but just fell behind too much, too early. We'll talk about that and where the fifth spot in the rotation should go going forward. And then we'll preview a Thursday's matchup as well, which should be a great one between Max Fried and Jacob deGrom. Let's start with the action on Wednesday. 9-7 uh, to seven loss. It ends the Braves' nine game or eight-game losing streak. And now it sets up a winner-take-all game on Thursday, like I said, between Freed and DeGrom. And again, this is why winning the first two games of this series is so huge. You knew you had Scherzer and DeGrom lurking. You had to win those first two games and then just see if you can steal one against DeGrom or Scherzer. We're unable to get that done on Wednesday. There was another rain delay in there, just a 34-minute rain delay. But again, whether, you know, becoming a factor in this series a little bit. Hopefully we get a clean game on Thursday. But for me in this game, and the offense made a a great push late, and we'll talk about that more in a minute. But for me, this whole series, what I've been talking about, what I've been focusing on is the pitching. And whatever you want to say, the pitching just did not get it done in this game. And look, understandably, you're going up against Max Scherzer and you're throwing your fifth best starter, which at this point, I don't know if he's the Braves' fifth best starter, but you're throwing Jayco to Rizzi out there. And before you can even really settle into your seat, the Braves are down four to nothing. He gives up a a pair of home runs in the first inning, gives up a two-run homer to a rookie in his first at-bat on his first pitch, and you hang a breaking ball to him, and he hits it out for, or his first swing, rather, and he hits it out for a two-run homer. And next thing you know, you're down four to nothing Going up against Max Scherzer, you just can't have that type of pitching performance and expect to win like that. Going up against a pitcher of that caliber, I know the offense ended up getting to him and getting to the bullpen late, but you just can't have that type of performance. You're going to take out somebody like Scherzer or DeGrom. You have to have the pitching to be able to match them. And again, this is the Braves fifth starter. I, I get that, and I give. Rizzi some credit coming back out after the rain delay, and he kept the Mets right there through five innings. You know, overall, you look at his performance, it's not terrible. Five innings, eight hits, two walks, five earned, two strikeouts. You know, I don't know about him coming back out for that sixth inning. Uh, That's a bit debatable or questionable. There were some very questionable pitching decisions in this game, which we'll talk about, but. Again, I give him credit for at least coming back out after the rain delay, getting through five innings. You know, I thought we might get to see Freddie Tarnock early on in this one. We ended up getting to see him late. He got his first big league strikeout, so that was great. I thought this might have been an opportunity for him to come in after the rain delay or after that fifth inning uh, when it was five to one and maybe see what he can do for a couple of innings. But regardless, Odorizzi stays in there, gives up another run in that sixth inning, which ended up being key. but overall you know he had a 85.2 mile per hour average x velocity against there wasn't really any in between eight of the 21 balls hit in play were hard hit balls uh, everything else was really pretty soft under you know 88 miles per hour or lower so we'll see what happens with Rizzi. I want to talk about the far, fifth starter spot uh, Odorizzi said you know he made some mechanical adjustments during the rain delay. I think those adjustments were don't throw pitches right down the middle and don't hang breaking balls. But whatever it is, I think he's going to get another start, and that would come next Monday against the Pirates, which would be an opportunity for him to have a good start with the Braves, which we've yet to see. And you look at the other options out there, you know, Ian Anderson can't come back until the 22nd next Monday. I don't I don't see him scheduled right now to start with Gwinnett. Uh, he probably would pitch on Friday. Right now, Kyle Muller is scheduled to pitch on Thursday today for Gwinnett, and he can't come back until the 28th after he was optioned. Bryce Elder can't come back until the 29th unless there's an, an injury, obviously, then one of those guys could come back sooner. So right now, you're, you're, you're stuck with Odorizzi. Oter- Again, you could bring Ian Anderson back. I'd like to see him at least get one start at Gwinnett to continue to work on things and adjust, and then maybe you bring him back the next time through the rotation if things are looking good and if o- Rizzi doesn't have a great start in Pittsburgh. But I think you got to find somebody. If Rizzi can't turn things around quickly, and by quickly I mean next Monday against the Pirates, I think you have to consider him losing that spot in the rotation. Braves just can't continue to have these games that you're giving away especially when the offense goes out and scores seven runs in a game started by Max Scherzer, you can't lose those games. You have to have better pitching. And that's really where I go next with this because there's some questionable decisions in this game. But bottom line, the guys just didn't get it done. You know, Tyler Matzik came in, allowed an inherited runner to score. Um, Kirby Yates comes in, gives up a home run. Jackson Stevens in the ninth inning, you know, gives up three more runs. And really, you know, puts the game away for the Mets. I want to talk about the strike zone for a second before I get back into pitching decisions, because the strike zone in this game was not great. I'm not saying it determined the outcome, but I think it did determine some things later on in this game. Snicker got ejected in the fourth inning. Uh, Really, it was after the third inning, after a, a bad call on Austin Riley, his first ejection of the year. Look, I'll be honest, I can think of Ten more instances this year where I thought Snicker should have gotten tossed over this one. The calls were bad. Some of them were borderline. But at least he finally got ejected. At least he finally stood up for his team. I know a lot of you have been clamoring for that and asking why doesn't he stand up for his players more. At least you saw him do it here. Again, I think there's been several more times this year that I think were more worthy of him getting ejected. But the strike zone was not great, and he was giving that high strike, and he established it early. The biggest one was in the first inning after Max Scherzer, who looked like he was struggling with command, and sometimes you can get to Max Scherzer in that first inning. He hits Austin Riley. He throws a 3-1 pitch to Matt Olson that, to me, looked above the zone. I mean, the catcher was standing up and then reached over his helmet to catch it, and the umpire calls it a strike. So instead of first and second with two outs, Matt Olson swings at the next pitch in the dirt and strikes out. Now, what this does, and the reason I'm mentioning it, is because it really changed things going forward. You saw Max Scherzer, who's a great pitcher and smart, and as soon as he saw he was getting that high strike called, he went back to it and back to it. There were a couple terrible calls against Robbie Grossman. I thought the worst calls of the game, Grossman ended up walking in that at bat. And then there's the one, Austin Riley, that I mentioned that – was not as bad as some of the others, but it was up and did look to be out of the zone. That's when Brian Snicker got wrong. Where I thought it played a huge role is later in the game, who Matt Olsen had a a tough game in this one, but he had another 3-2 count later in the game, and he was forced to swing at a ball up above the zone because it was already called on him. Even though it was a strike or it was a ball, it would have been, could have been ball four, but you can't leave it in the umpire's hands there because of what he established early in that game. And so for me, that was the biggest difference. The Braves hitters became aware of it and were having to chase those pitches up above the zone because the umpire established that that was going to be a strike tonight. You know, right or wrong, he was pretty consistent with it until all of a sudden late in the game, he started calling it a ball. But uh, that's just really my biggest frustration there with that strike zone. And I'm sure there were some that went against the Mets as well. Again, I'm not saying it decided the game, but it definitely changed some things and Maybe one thing it changed was the pitching decisions in this game because Snicker got ejected in that after that third inning. And there's there some really questionable moves. First of all, like I said, leaving Ode Rizzi out there for the sixth inning after you had a rain delay, I felt like you got as much out of him as you possibly could. Again, credit for getting through the fifth inning and just and leaving them with those four runs. You go to Matsuk in the sixth to get out of that inning. You know, that's okay. I don't consider Matsuk a high leverage. Reliever, but you know, somebody that you can use to try to keep a game close. So you do that. That's fine. You know, then you use Kirby Yates in a 5-1 game. You know, that's okay. I think it was still, you know, pretty close at that point. Maybe you could have gone to McHugh or somebody else there, but you bring in Kirby Yates. He gives up a home run. Now it's six to one. The offense then makes it a six to five game, and you bring in Dylan Lee. That's okay. Dylan Lee's been one of your better relievers. I would have liked to seen AJ Minter there. But you bring in Dylan Lee, he gets out of that inning after giving up a leadoff double. That's fine. Bringing in Jackson Stevens in the ninth inning of a one-run game makes no sense. I mean, it's just it's inexcusable to do that. Bring in McHugh. Bring in Mentor. Bring in Iglesias. You don't have to bring in Jansen. And that's why I don't understand Snickers' quote after the game. He's like, we're not going to do that. We're not going to run these guys out there. not going to use Jansen unless it's even or tied or we're ahead or tied, you don't have to use Jansen there. I just mentioned three other guys that would have been a better option than Jackson Stevens, who is your last guy in the bullpen. He's your eighth man out there. And you bring him in, in a one-run game after your offense worked so hard to get back in that game and have a chance, and you bring in Jackson Stevens. That is inexcusable. That cannot happen. That That's a bad message to your team to say, hey, great job making it a one-run game. We're going to throw in our worst reliever and allow the Mets to pull away. Uh, that's that's a terrible decision. All that said, Jackson Stevens has to be better. You can't give up three runs in that inning. And who knows if things play out differently in that ninth inning. They bring out Edwin Diaz and he strikes out the side. That's very possible. And you still lose by one run. Either way, I just don't like the look from a team standpoint. If I'm a player and I just got back into this game and then you put in our worst reliever in a division game against a team we're chasing, that's a bad look. That's a terrible decision in my opinion. I did not like that at all. And, look, I get it. You don't want to burn these guys out. These are postseason games right now down the stretch. You got any chance of winning this division. All these are postseason games. You need to treat them as such. It's a one-run game. You cannot bring in your worst reliever. And, again, you brought in Matzik. You brought in Dylan Lee. You know, those are good relievers, guys that you put in to try to keep a game close. If you were going to do that then, why don't you do it in the ninth inning of a one-run game? If you're going to do it in a 5-1 game, in a 6-1 game, why would you bring in Stevens in a one-run game in the ninth inning? It just makes no sense to me at all. It's a terrible, terrible decision in my opinion. All right, next, I want to turn the attention to the offense and look at their approach to Max Scherzer and how the Braves' offense improved against him this time around. You're hanging out with some friends. You're putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end, people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride, but say, nah, you live nearby. You can make it home. It's no big deal, right? What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop people, everyone, or everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired, impaired drivers to keep you safe. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. As I mentioned, the offense scored seven runs on this night in a game started by Max Scherzer. That has to be a win. You have to pitch better. We talked about that already. But I want to dive into the offense on this night and some of the change in approach that we saw Seven runs, seven hits, four walks, 12 strikeouts. You hate to see that many strikeouts. Braves have been doing a much better job of that lately. But you're going up against Scherzer. He had that high strike that he was getting called. So, understandably, a tough night there. Two for five with runners in scoring position. Not a lot of opportunities, but that's a pretty good average with runners in scoring position. Just three left on base. So, again, not a lot of opportunities, but the Braves did take advantage of the few that they had. I thought Max Scherzer wasn't as sharp in this one. You know, I talked about it in that first inning. I thought he was kind of all over the place. He hit Riley. He should have walked Matt Olson, And then we saw it late as well. You know, and he had three walks in this game. And I think he had come in without walking the last 46 batters, without a walk in the last 46 batters he faced. You know, possibly some of that due to the rain delay. But, again, I thought he was a little wild even before that. 12 sweet swings and misses for Scherzer and 12 called strikes. That's much better than the last time the Braves faced him, and he had 23 swings and misses and 15 called strikes. So I think you could say that was a little bit of a step forward there. I mentioned Scherzer took advantage of that high strike zone as he should. He saw that earlier in, in a game and kept going back to it. Um, the Braves did, you know, got him for four earned runs on three hits, three walks over six and a third, 91 pitches. Um, you know, Ottavino came in and gave up that big three-run home run to Robbie Grossman, which really tattered Max Scherzer's line on that night. Struck out eight times against Scherzer again. I think that's still too many in six and a third innings for Scherzer. But, again, some of that due to the, sh- the fact that Scherzer's one of the best pitchers in the game and a devastating slider that Braves hitters just can't lay off of, most hitters can't lay off of, and that high strike zone definitely helping him out. You look at pitches by inning through 15 in that first inning should have thrown more because he should have walked Matt Olson, at least had to face one more batter. He threw nine in that second inning. He had three innings where he threw nine pitches, you know, got to be a little bit better than that make him work a little bit harder than that. And that second inning you had a hit, but the double play helped Scherzer get out of that one. That third inning, you know, you had the lead off single, then you had the long rain delay. He throws 22 pitches in that inning. His, most laborious inning by far, which is understandable coming out after the rain delay. You had two on, nobody out for the top of the order, and you get one run. And, I, you know, Dansby just missed hitting that ball out for a three-run homer or at least getting it off the wall for a double and scoring a couple of runs. Great catch by Brandon Nimmo. So just a missed opportunity there. They end up only getting one run out of that. He threw 13 pitches in the fourth inning, struck out the side. The Braves whipped it four pitches out of the zone there. Olsen, I mentioned Olsen had to swing at one in that inning because it was the same exact pitch, the same exact spot that he got called a strike on in the first inning. So that's the one I'm talking about there that was key, that Olsen knew he had to swing at, and Braves hitters, you know, had a couple times like that. They knew they had to swing at that high pitch because it was established early. For me, it comes to that, that fourth or that fifth and sixth inning where he only threw nine pitches in either of those innings. You had the seven, eight, nine hitters in the fifth, and then the one, two, three hitters in the sixth, and he threw 18 combined pitches in those two innings. That right there was the key for me in this game for Max Scherzer. You got to make him work harder than that, especially later in the game, be a little bit more patient, make him work, and perhaps you get him out out of there even earlier. And then he really just kind of tired out in that seventh inning again. I think it could have been due – to that rain delay, he threw 14 pitches in that seventh inning, only recorded one out and walked two batters on four pitches. So, again, not the best outing overall from Scherzer. I thought the approach was better, but still could be some improvement against him. Again, three innings where he threw fewer than 10 pitches. Um, That's just a recipe for disaster going up against somebody like Max Scherzer. Bottom of the order, really got it done on this night. The 6-for-9 hitters had all seven of the Braves' hits. Contreras, 3-for-4, two runs scored. Michael Harris had a, a single and a walk. Should have been a double. Uh, Grissom had two hits, scored two runs, and drove in three. Just continues to get it done. That group also accounted for just two of the team's 12 strikeouts. Matt Olsen accounted for four of them. Again, just a tough night for Matt Olsen. Austin Riley, he's cooled off in August, slashing 206, 315, 333, just one hit in his last five games. So really need to see Austin Riley heat back up, especially in these big division games. I do love the offense kept fighting. Again, not a lot of chances in this game, but they took advantage of the opportunities they had. They put up seven runs. They did all you could ask for in a game started by Max Scherzer. Again, it all comes down to that starting pitching, and they could not – get it done or the pitching in general they did not get it done on Wednesday night and that's why the Braves lost this game and we turn our attention to Thursday it's going to be a great pitching matchup another opportunity for the Braves to win this series a big two game series type of game sweep here or shift here one way or the other we'll talk about that next Did you know the key to sustainable weight loss is through your liver? The liver is the body's metabolic furnace. It's responsible for flushing out harmful toxins and igniting your fat-burning metabolism. But thanks to modern diets, rich in unhealthy processed foods, and constant exposure to thousands of man-made and environmental toxins, most of us have overworked livers. But now it's easy to rejuvenate your liver health and reignite your metabolism thanks to Liver Health Formula by Pure Health Research. Liver Health Formula contains 8 liver boosting supernutrients like turmeric, beet and artichoke extract, all of which work together to wake up a sluggish liver. Go to getliverhelp.com/mlb to learn more. That's getliverhelp.com/mlb to try Liver Health Formula completely risk-free and claim your free bottle of Curb Fit with your order. Now, one more time, go to getliverhelp.com/mlb to get started today. So it will be Max Freed on the mound for the Atlanta Braves on Thursday coming off the concussion IL. First of all, just great to hear that for Max Freed and hope that he is feeling much better and that concussion isn't something that continues to linger for him. And the Braves need him, and you need your ace on your mound in this one. Going to be going up against the Mets ace and Jacob deGrom. Look, this is a two-game swing as I was trying to verbally – explained before the break, but was doing a terrible job of, this is a two game swing. You win this game, you win the series, you pick up two games in this series, you lose this game and you gain nothing. And those two wins on Monday and Tuesday essentially mean nothing because you gain no ground on the New York Mets and you remain five and a half games back. So this is a pivotal game for the Braves in this season, as far as their, their chances and hopes of winning the NL East. Look, I don't have to go over the pitching matchups here. You know what Max Fried can do. You know what Jacob DeGrom can do. This should be a great pitching matchup. The Braves need Max Fried to be that ace. Like I said, you're going to beat somebody like Jacob DeGrom or Max Scherzer. You need pitching that's going to match them for the six or seven innings. You know they're going to be out there. That's what the Braves need Max Fried to do. And then hopefully you can go after their. Bullpen, which you've been able to get to outside of Edwin Diaz, which again, why it was so important to keep that a close game on Wednesday and make Edwin Diaz come back out for the ninth inning. Perhaps he that makes him unusable in Thursday's game. Not you know not out of the question that he could come back because he didn't pitch in the first two games of this series, but still, if you force Edwin Diaz to come back out in the ninth inning on Wednesday hopefully have some better at-bats against him than you did in the eighth inning, make him work a little bit as they did the last time that they faced him and he had to pitch two innings, the Braves were much better against him that second time that they saw him. Then perhaps he's unavailable tonight and you have to go into the rest of that Mets bullpen, which I think the Braves have shown that they can get to. But either way, the Braves are going to win this game. You're going to have to get great pitching from Max Fried. You're going to have to get some better at-bats from the Braves hitters. You're going to have to be hoping that he's averaging 15 pitches an inning and you get him out of there after six innings. That's really the goal for the Braves in this game is to work Jacob DeGrom, try to get him out of this game as quickly as possible, hopefully run into a home run or two, and then hopefully Max Freed can shut the Mets down. Look, their offense outside of Wednesday's game has not been great lately, so hopefully Max Freed can continue that. Hopefully we see a rested and fresh and healthy max freed and the braves can win this series because if they're going to come back and win this division they have to win this game in my opinion you can't come out of this series the same you were going in with the schedule that the mets have coming up in september you got to win this game you got to get within three and a half and stay within three and a half until those last couple weeks of the year when you get three more head-to-head matchups with the mets so hopefully the braves get it done on thursday as a fan, it should be a great pitching matchup that I'm looking forward to watching. Well, that will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Thank you for making Locked On Braves your first listen. Now go make your second listen of the day, Locked On MLB, where MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team and talks about the biggest stories from around the league. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. You can follow me at shortstopball. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the Locked On Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. and we'll talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network.